Alicia. Hello, how are you? I'm so good for some people who, well, actually most people don't know, but Alicia and I got on a couple of minutes earlier and we had some technical difficulties that I was not working through. We couldn't hear each other, but we worked it out. We did. And here we are. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, well, here's the thing. I haven't met you before and it's been interesting meeting new moms and finding out all these like new stories and just hearing all about it. So let's start off with you telling me a little bit about yourself and we'll just kind of lead into it. I want to, there's so many things I want to know. So okay. tell me about your, let's go with the first pregnancy and motherhood. Okay. Um, so we started, we um, had an unplanned pregnancy when we got married and that led to a, um, a loss in 19 weeks. Hmm. And um, then we tried again a couple years later and we lost that baby too. Both were boys. That was at 24 uh, weeks. Wow. And after find, after going through all of that, we found out that I have what's called a protein S deficiency, which requires me to take blood thinners um, by injection every single day that I'm pregnant and six weeks afterwards. And um, now we have three healthy, beautiful baby girls. So... I'm so, I am so interested in this whole thing. So I have so many questions. When, when you had lost the first baby, did you know when it happened or was it through a doctor's visit? And was it so, due to this protein deficiency? Um, I'm not too sure. Um, okay. well, we were, I was with one provider and, you know, she was just like, oh, it's just, um, you know, sometimes that happens, being a first-time mom, um, nothing really to worry about, but something in my spirit said, you know, let's go for another doctor, because I didn't like the way everything played out um, during the delivery of the stillbirth and all of that. So, um, yeah. How, so sorry, I, and how was that? I'm so, I'm familiar with stories that I've seen on... Mm -hmm social media, which is such a vague thing. You know, you just kind of read the words and you know the person, but I'm just so unfamiliar with the experience and I, I want to know about it. I want to know what it was like for you, if you're willing to share. Like I, oh, sure. I can't imagine going through it, and I know, but I know there are so many moms that have had to deal with it. Yeah. So will you tell me about, I guess, finding out about it and the not to call it a procedure, but like the process that you had to go through for. Okay, sure. Yeah. So um, we went in for a routine um, ultrasound to see baby and all of that. And um, funny thing is that we got the genetics test done and they had said, well, you know, your baby has, you know, this and this and this and, you know, um, possible uh, Down syndrome and all of that. And so the next time we went in, um, there was no heartbeat. And I kind of don't remember anything up until going home and having to deal with, you know, realizing that also my baby had passed away five weeks previous. So I was felt I was 19 weeks, but he was 15 weeks. Oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah. So. Um, wow. So they said that, you know, you have to either have um, a DNC where 
I wouldn't be able to, you know, hold him or meet him or you could deliver him. And I chose mm-hmm. to deliver him. And that one, that in itself was pretty scary because I had to do it by myself. Just me and my husband, the nurses really weren't supportive at the hospital that we delivered at. Really? Yeah. So um, that is what prompted me to uh, choose another provider for our next baby. I bet. I'm surprised yeah. that they weren't attentive and mm-hmm. more present and I, especially since it's your first time the whole thing is you being a first time mom and then being yeah. in such a situation that's so you know emotional and mm-hmm. could be traumatic and for you to do it alone is really unfortunate yeah and then um you know it looked like they were unprepared but again mm. through that hard time um you know it prompted me to choose another provider which is probably the reason why we have three healthy baby boys, uh, baby girls now. So, you know, just turning that into a, a positive. Um, Absolutely. Well, yeah. so, and that was when you were 19. And then when did you get pregnant again? Oh, no, I was at that, when I got pregnant the first time, I was 30. 30. Oh, sorry. It was 19 weeks. 19 sorry weeks. about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then after you had delivered, mm-hmm. man, I just, it, I'm cautious about saying words and not saying certain words because it's, I try to put myself in your shoes and I just, I I can't even get there. I can't put myself in that place of the emotions and then kind of shutting myself away from it almost. Like I just, you seem so strong and upbeat and you have made a good point to like turn yourself to like, well, this is the positive that we have gained from it. And, you know, it seems like you're seeing it you know, there's no reason to sit on it. But I'm sure, you know, to go through that was so, how was it for you, I guess? I want to ask. It was pretty tough because prior to that, I had um, lost my dad. So I lost my dad in August of 2013. And then we got married and then we lost our baby um, around my birthday in Mm. December of 2013. Um, but what is um, pretty crazy about it all is that our first baby shares the same birthday as our rainbow baby. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you got? What do you say about it in your household? Um, well, the girls don't know about their brothers yet, um, but our oldest does know that she is our rainbow baby and. You know, that just means that um, through the storm, we survived and now we're able to enjoy a beautiful um, time with her. Man, what a, like motherhood in general can be really rough. Like it's just so many unknowns and you just kind of go for it. And although there's a lot of advice and Mm -hmm. people you can reach out to, not until you're actually there do you experience it and figure things out. And to be placed in a position of even more unknowns, and from what at least I understand, you will have a better idea of this, but it doesn't seem like many people do talk about it. They kind of mention, you know, like, oh, there's been a loss, and they grieve it as a loss. But again, I I have no information about it at all because it doesn't seem like it is that spoken about. Right. And so it seems like you... Yeah, and it seems like you had to go... 
you know, just dive into this really, really, really unknown pool mm-hmm. and yeah. kind of see if you can just swim. <laughs> well, I'm sorry you know, about that. Oh, no worries. You know, it's, um, you know, I'm stronger now because I look back and I realize that I needed to go through those things to become a better mom. You know, I wouldn't mm. have, um, not saying that you don't have to go through loss to appreciate motherhood, but it made me appreciate it even more, you know, mm. after all the times wondering, you know, will I ever become a mom? Even, you know, thinking that, mm. oh, I'm so old, I'm past 30 and all of this. And, you know, I've always had the desire, but um, I, you know, relish that time because it's what I needed to grow. Wow. That's really just strong of you like I don't have a better word but just to be able to reflect and see that and stand up strong with your head held high saying you know this is the stuff that I've been put through this is the path that I had to walk Mm -hmm. and this is what I got out of it and to be such a good mom for your is it three girls Mm -hmm. you have now for your three girls so how old are your girls and tell me about the sorry let me back up. Was then there's a second? Yes. So we went with the new provider and this baby was very planned. You know, we were doing the ovulation kits and we were doing the temperatures and um, it took us a couple cycles just because I was just going so crazy with, you know, the temperature and when I'm ovulating and all that. Um, but eventually we did get pregnant again. And this time, you know, we're like, oh, yes, this is awesome. Everything is great. The DNA test came back um, or the genetics test came out back, you know, 100%. Nothing's wrong this time. And um, this time I did feel when I, I lost him. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like an at work. And um, I remember that I my you know my heart started racing really fast and then um and then it was fine and then I was taking some courses at the local college and I was sitting down in this garden and then there was these butterflies that were flying away from me and Mm. that was the last time I felt him kick and when I got home I told my husband you know I think there's something wrong so we brought out our fetal monitor and I just heard a very faint heartbeat and um you know at that point I didn't know what to do to this day I'm like I should have just went into the hospital and you know checked it out maybe he could have been born but I get this this is the way that you know it was supposed to be so um after that loss my new provider was very adamant of finding out what exactly the cause of these losses were about because like, Mm -hmm. you know, she was really great. She was like, you know, there's no reason why this should be happening. Here's my cell phone. Call me at any time. And, you know, um, she was just really great then and really great throughout my um, pregnancies and deliveries of my um, baby girls. But, um, after some time, we took I took some blood tests and found out that's when I have the protein S deficiency, which means um, that I have a really um, strong tendency to clot, 
and inside of my placenta was a whole bunch of clots. So oh. he, he starved of oxygen. <clears throat> yeah, oh, that was my hard. Goodness. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. That's just. Uh, it's hard to even know what to like. Oh, Alicia, I think I have lost you. Let's see if she'll come back. Sorry, I was coughing. No, that's all right. I've lost your video somehow. Can you hear me still? I'm here. Can you see me? I can see you. I can't see you. Okay. I can see <laughs> you. Okay. Um, well, shoot. I mean, when you pregnant for this that second time, how were you emotionally after recovering from this first loss? Because, I mean, I just don't know where you would be in your headspace, you know, like, oh, I don't want this to happen again, or um, this is going to be the one, or, you know, I, I can see how it would be such an emotional roller coaster. And so I just want to know, how was it for you to then deal with that second one? Um, so with that one, um, sorry, I'm just coughing. No, um, no, no worries. Do you want to get some water? Yeah, can I? Yeah, of course, we okay. get some water. <laughs> Alicia's gonna go get some water and she'll be right back. But I'm here hanging out with you guys, whoever's watching. Hi. Hi. What a story. Uh, we haven't even gone to the, our whole motherhood with the other ones. But now we can all hang out. Can anyone hear my dog barking? So sorry, I'm back. No, not at all. No reason to sit there and Try not to cough. That's one of that's like try not to sneeze and you're just like, it's gonna happen. Um oh yeah, so I just wanted to see where you were in your head and in your heart going through that second pregnancy and then finding out did you have any comparisons to the first one and or self-doubts or Yes. <clears throat> so I relied really heavily on the fetal monitor uh -huh. <clears throat> because I was just unsure, you know, I would do it almost every day, uh, not almost every day, but when I didn't feel anything. So, yeah. um, but I, I felt like, you know, once we got after, once we got over that hump, the 12 week uh -huh. hump, we were like so excited. We thought that this was this was it and we passed that um 19 week part where we lost the other baby and then we took maternity shoot pictures and 
So it was really hard. Um, and then after the loss, it was just like, will I ever have a baby? You know, yeah. is this what it's going to be like? Like, and you know, you also have that, um, that thinking in the back of your mind that, um, you know, my body's failing me. It failed my baby. It failed my husband. So I can see how <clears throat> that, that pressure, that pressure yeah. alone would just be devastating. Just thinking like, I'm a woman, I'm supposed to be able to be a mom and to, you know, right. it's, they're not standards in, in any way. And, but for me, you know, for me, I think like, oh, I, I want to be a woman, a, a wife, a mom, and I should be able to do things. I should be, my body right. shouldn't fail me. It should, this is what it's made for. And then of yeah. course, especially when you see others around you who are like, they're having the babies and they're doing that. And you're just like trying everything not to compare, but how can you not when it's just shoved in your face? Exactly. Um, it would just be so difficult, like, to get out of that. Mm-hmm. It's such a deep, dark kind of place to be. How was your husband through this? Was, you know, supportive and... Oh, he was amazing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's just a very positive person, and he remained positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was my backbone, and then I had a really good friend that was helping me through it as well, um, just spiritually. Um, you know, the check-ins, the prayers and all of that, that was very mm-hmm. instrumental of me staying positive. Um, mm-hmm. But with all that being said, you know, it was really, it was still hard because, you know, for example, I worked in customer service and I would answer the phone and then hear babies in the background mm-hmm. crying. And then I would just have to like put the phone on mute and just sob. Um yeah. Um, that was after losing the second baby, mm. but you know, um, but in all that also, I, I, um, I'm, we're kind of happy, not happy, but we realized that it wasn't the right time to have a baby mm. because through all that time we still were, you know, we were just newly married. Mm. So we were able to enjoy each other and travel and, you know, get to know each other and that's something that we um, tend to, that's an advice that we give to couples saying, you know, enjoy each other. It's so important to get to know one another just in case something like this just does happen. So you're not yeah. easily torn apart. Yeah, because that will test the relationship more than anything. Exactly. I mean, in general, kids could lead to a divorce or a split yes. or separation because it's, it's just, I mean, you're taking care of other lives. And so... Yeah having kids in general but then losing or dealing with something traumatic like that can I mean when you don't have answers especially Mm -hmm. just as humans in general we tend to start blaming things and so it can tear and have weight on a relationship where you're just trying to find a fault I guess yes there isn't one in this situation it's just oh that's the question I was going to ask are and if this is too personal you don't have to answer uh, but you had spoke about a friend who's helping you spiritually and through prayers. Do you do you believe in God? Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do too. And I, I through motherhood, I have just found myself so much closer to God. And mm-hmm. I feel like if I was going through such a situation, it might, 
it might test my faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did it? Did it test yeah. your faith? Did you question God? Yeah. God, why yeah. me? Why did, yeah. Why can't I just have a healthy baby like everybody else? Why do I have to go through this? Um, <clears throat> sorry. No, go ahead. But um, all in all, this is, you know, what, how I got through it was, I sound like I'm crying, but I'm really just <laughs> um, I'm sorry, one more time. Not at all. So, um, through the second loss, when I was delivering him, because I delivered him natural too, um... That's all I could think about was just sitting at the feet of Jesus and, you know, just him embracing me mm-hmm. um, through every, like, painful contraction. And I remember saying, you know, I can't do this again. You know, I've already done it once. I can't do this again. Um, a third time. <clears throat> and now we have, again, three beautiful babies, but... If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been able to get through any of that. Wow. Not at all. <clears throat> How long did it go until you guys decided, you know what, maybe we're ready. We're going to be strong enough. No matter the outcome, we're going to try again. And you guys, how, how long did you guys wait till you, you said you could, do, you could do it? So he was born November the 3rd, 2014. And our first living baby was born December the 30th, 2015. Okay. So about a year. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Did, did you and your husband both decide like, hey, we're, we're you know, we're going to do this? Or was it like he kind of was waiting on you to decide? Or was he like, hey, no, you know, we're going to go through this and I'm going to support you no matter what when you guys had those conversations, cause I can imagine they're hard to have. And I can see from his standpoint, how it would be really difficult. You know, you can't ask someone doing something like this again, but yeah. then you also don't want to give up on it. And I'm sure in your situation, you're in the same place of like, like you said, I don't want to do this again. There, how, how can you face something like that again? But then again, you don't want to give up. You believe in God of like, hey, God has chosen me to be a vehicle for children and to help him bring new life into this world. So how can I stop? And so. How was that internal dialogue for you for that year until you guys, you know, said, yeah, we're going to go for it? So it was hard. It tested our marriage for sure. Um, We went through quite a bit of bumps. But, you know, through that, we were able to really learn each other and, you know, go into our marriage and the new pregnant, well, the future pregnancies, knowing that we could get through anything. Um, but he was, again, so very supportive. And it's just something that we knew that we wanted. We both grew up knowing that we wanted to be parents. Um, so that fueled our, our fire, per se. You know, we mm-hmm. had fun. We, you know, we went out every night. <clears throat> before we got pregnant again and when it was time when we 
you know, we knew when it was time, you know, yeah. when we were ready to become parents. So we went for it. That's awesome. <laughs> to be able to overcome all of that, not only once, but twice, because that would create so much bigger doubt because you think, well, no way is it going to happen again. And then they did just to be able to recover for that and go forward and say, I'm going to come through and I believe I will keep my faith in God that he will provide. Yeah. So then I can provide. That's just, I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. But I was a lot, I was a lot more cautious. You know, I didn't have a baby shower. Um, Not to like jinx it. So you didn't go through any of the like steps. I didn't buy anything. I didn't Mm. put up anything. I didn't um, have a maternity shoot. You know, so a, a formal one. So um, yeah, just to be more cautious, but you know, we just kept enjoying every moment of it. You know, um, yeah. Did you feel like because you had mentioned with the second, you know, you were kind of like okay, past the eight weeks, past the twelve weeks, past the fifteen, past the nineteen. You know, it kind of gives you that confidence. Did you have that going through now your third pregnancy? Yeah. Were you just counting by weeks and kind of checking them off? Yeah. But when we got to the 24th week, that's when we really started relaxing and mm-hmm. um, starting to plan, like, our hospital visits and, um, like, the tours and the classes and all of that stuff. It was hard. And, you know, I relied on um, just, you know, making sure I felt baby and making sure if anything was um, <clears throat> felt wrong or like I remember I was in a couple of car accidents I would go straight to the doctor um, but also you know my doctor again was really good so she put us um, she classified me as health, um, high risk so I was able to go in more frequently I think every month I went in for ultrasounds and then I think I was seeing two doctors and then going like every other week. And then mm-hmm. towards the end, I think I was going weekly. Yeah. It's yeah. silly because it's not the title you want to have high mm-hmm. risk, but then it gives you a little bit of like a VIP access, which yeah. is really nice. Mm-hmm. But it makes sure that you're being taken care of. So that's yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. So then how was your delivery for your first one you said you did it naturally all three yes unmedicated sorry Um, yeah well i i mean wow yeah how was Um, it how how did you go about it so you know in a perfect world i would have wanted to deliver at home or in a birth center um but from the get-go i told my ob you know hey i want to go um unmedicated naturally and i'm gonna you know um prolong the the cord being cut and you know all this other stuff and she said you know she had some doubt she said I deliver mostly cesareans it's very rare that I get any unmedicated um, natural births but if mm. that's what you want we'll go for it and um, you know I went in the night before and um, they set me up with like the Cervidil which was extremely painful and what's the, sorry but cervidil so um and, and inductions all my um because i'm high risk all of my pregnancies my deliveries deliveries have to be induced 
So I went in the night before, and then they inserted like um, this medication um, called okay. Cervidil to ripen the cervix. Okay. And then um, in the morning, she, you know, broke my water, and then we started Pitocin at very low dosage. And I was able to labor. I labored for eight hours with her mm-hmm. and then delivered at um, 346 on December wow. the 30th. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Man, I I wanted to do a natural. Well, first I wanted to do a home birth as well. And so I mm-hmm. looked into all of these midwives and I looked at all of these birthing centers and so we had thought that we had made a decision to do it at home. But then when we checked in with our OBGYN, she had told us this story that, and of course she's a doctor, so she's going to recommend things that are better, that she knows more about, which is being in the hospital. And of course mm-hmm. it's the safer route because then they can get all the things. But she had told us a story that um, she knew a woman who had given birth to her fourth kid. So it wasn't like her first time or anything bad. Like this is, she's fairly experienced in deliveries. So it's her fourth kid, but something had happened and she started bleeding at home Mm -hmm. and they didn't get her to the hospital in time. And so she unfortunately had passed. Oh, wow. And that just terrified me. It terrified my husband more than anything because I thought, well, like that only happened to her. Um, Not that it's not like, you know, it's still big volume and I'm, I'm sorry that it happened to her, but I was like, I, I hear all these other stories of home births that speak differently, you know, mm-hmm. it's so much more of an experience. And, but my husband was really scared. He's like, I can't lose the baby and I can't lose you. Like I can't even risk it. I can't even like, it literally put so much fear into us. We canceled and scratched the whole plan. We went to the hospital mm-hmm. and then I was like, okay, well, I'm still going to deliver naturally. I don't want any drugs. I want to like go through the experience. But then like sixth hour into it, I was like shaking uncontrollably. I had this Mm -hmm. fever almost and I was in a lot of pain and shaking. So I said, give me epidural and then we delivered. Yeah. But I went in with a different idea Mm -hmm. and I was, at first I felt a little guilty because I had said like, oh, I'm going to do naturally. And then I didn't. Mm -hmm. And then I've seen other moms who are like, well, I delivered it naturally. And I was like, why is it that they can do it and I couldn't do it? And my mom even said to me, she's like, oh, I did it natural. Don't worry. You'll be able to do it. And then I couldn't do it. Yeah. And so I was like, it's so silly because there's no reason at all to compare everyone's Mm -hmm. like journey into motherhood is so, so, so different. Yet for some reason, maybe because it is in our faces or whatever, but like, it's hard not to look and see what others are doing. You're like, oh, I thought I was going to do that, but that's just not how it ended up. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed by your strength, not only physical, but it's so much like emotional and mental strength that God has put you through. Like he's tested you and you said, no, God, I'm sticking around and I'm going to do it again and I'm going to do it my way. And he said, all right, yeah. All right. And supported you through it, which is amazing. Um, Thank you. And so, yeah, you're, you're, you're super. You're absolutely super. So now you delivered this baby girl on December 30th. What a precious gift, especially after waiting so long and all of these doubts. Yeah. So how's the first, how was the first month bringing her home and the first year with her? So, um, well, first, I want to say that, you know, you know, the comparison in motherhood is is tough. You know, 
we all do it. We compare ourselves, you know, you know, it feels like some people have a badge of honor over others, you know, I did it natural or I, you know, but yeah. and all in all, it doesn't matter as long as, you know, we have a healthy baby and, you know, that's the most important thing. But with her, you know, because I had went through all that loss, I was scared to death, mm. you know, and not only that, but she spent the first night with us in the NICU because she okay. was so tiny. And mm. um, I guess she, because she was born at 37 weeks, all my babies have to be born at 37 weeks. She had a little bit of fluid in her lungs. Um, oh. So that was terrifying, like seeing her tiny little body in the NICU after everything that we went through. It's yeah. like, why, you know? But um, so we went through that and it was just pretty scary. I would say not just, you know, thinking, well, is this it? You know, is she, are we going to lose her over this or over that, you know, throughout her tiny first six weeks, first six months, I would say I was just on edge all the time, you know. Um, and I think, too, I did have like some undiagnosed postpartum. Um, depression so I bet <laughs> yeah well just so much to deal with like in general so yeah I, I I literally can't imagine like I I can't pretend to even try to put myself in that position the only comparison I have is like oh you know we brought her home and you know you do the mom checks of like are they breathing are they okay do they no blankets nothing around them nobody get around my baby because she you know just everybody back off you know and you just kind of want to put them in like a bubble because you're just like I need everything to be fine everyone just back off yeah and you think of all the things you heard like hey make sure you know there's nothing around them no pillows no blankets but that's just like hearing things you know and you, of course you want to be careful but like the fact that you had two losses that you had to emotionally overcome Mm-hmm. And they're kind of sitting in the back of your mind, no matter how how much work you do, the experience is still with you. And so you're just trying to carry this baby around while literally carrying two giant suitcases of, I don't want this to happen again, yeah. of just heavy rocks. And like, mm-hmm. you, you can't get very far. You can't jump up high or like, because it's just, they're there with you saying things could go wrong because they did. Right. And I so- mean- Again, and Lynn, it's just, it's crazy hearing all of this, like, put together in one little nutshell and to see where we were. And now, you know, it's only God can bring you through this type of situation. Because in the midst of losing these two babies and having our third baby, uh, my husband lost one of his best friends. Mm. And I lost my aunt right at the time, right before I got um, we found out that I was pregnant with her and then um, close to the end, you know, we were just continuing to just losing um, yeah. people in the first two years of our marriage. So um, just super thankful. Um, it was hard, you know, but I just realized, you know, you know, um, Jesus went through that too. You know, he said, I can't bear this, but, you know, um, you know, he prayed and fasted and he endured it. And so. 
it's interesting because sometimes you see like like a post or a video or somebody comment you know like even small things of like oh i'm tired or the baby's being loud or the you know where i would imagine you're especially after just the first two mm-hmm. pregnancies and what had happened to them you know i would imagine your gratitude would be like oh it's almost like oh i wish i had somebody to complain about but that's not what happened to me you know like because you've seen things go different way you know you can appreciate all this because you're just so grateful to now have this gift finally in your arms to be able to hold your baby and right. hear them breathe mm-hmm. and say your name like it's tough for me to even like put words out i'm not the one who went through this like i'm just listening to your story you're the one who's like going through it it's just i it's really hard for me to comprehend because it's just so so many tests over and yeah. over again yeah but you know um therapy I, I had to go through a lot of counseling did um, you yeah for sure um consistent counseling just to deal mm. with the unresolved grief you know not really um handling grief in the way that i should have you know um and and motherhood is still hard <laughs> <laughs> It's so hard, but I mean, you know, I do have those like, oh, I wish I could get sleep or, you know, they're just screaming too loud or, you know, all of that, you know, motherhood is motherhood and it's, it's tough, you know, and I'm always tired like a mother. So (laughs) (laughs) it's good. It's still tough, but you know, just having all of those experiences to look back on, it just makes me even more grateful. You know, sometimes I hug my oldest daughter and I'm like oh my itty bitty baby and every time I I say that I'm thinking of her um the NICU little um bassinet and I'm just being so grateful that she's here with us now and, and that's yeah. just a testament of God you know um <clears throat> you know we can do all things through Jesus and it was really him who put the right people in place and you know, held me when I needed to be held. And um, when I felt like no one really understood me, you know, he was there. So. Wow. Just so grateful. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm-hmm. of course. And it's interesting because <clears throat> certain traumatic experiences, I like we mentioned before, can question your faith, you know, and you start questioning like, well, why me? Why is, why would I have to go through that? Why would God do this? And I can see how you know, people can go off the deep end and say, no, God isn't real or he wouldn't do this if he was. Certain different arguments you can make for the point. But I love that you came out so much stronger and you're like, no, God held me through this. When I needed to be held and cried, I spoke to God. And you had lost your father before. So you, you know, sometimes we just need a parent to hug and hold us and I love that idea that, you know, like God is our father. Like he's there yes. to watch Building over us, uh-huh. protect us. Yeah. And if you feel like you have no one to go, you can always go to God because he's always exactly. listening with no judgment. He'll say, I'm here for you. When yeah. when it feels like no one is, you might have people who are there for you and are trying to be there for you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard to communicate what you actually need and it seems like right. they are not helpful. Yeah. Even when your faith was tested, I love that you came out and said, no, God was right there through it all. Mm-hmm. 
That's yeah. just beautiful. Oh, thank you. Let's let's move on to the now. Mm-hmm. More lighter. Yeah. Talk. So <laughs> you have the first girl. She's doing well. She's home. And so did, was it a long time till you had your second and third? And no. No. <laughs> You're like, we're on a roll. We gotta get going while the yeah. while the timing's good. Okay. <laughs> so our second baby was planned but not planned. Um, okay. So um, she was born 17 months after our first. Okay. Um, okay. And like a then, year and a half. Yeah. And then our third, we waited because we were tired. <laughs> <laughs> and she was born two years after the second baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so you had mentioned, so they don't know that you were twice pregnant before. No, not no. yet. Uh-uh. It's when I got pregnant, my mom's like, hey, let me just submit like a form to you so you have it for the doctor in case they ask for your family history, like a, how many times my mom was pregnant. And so she just like mm-hmm. emailed me this sheet where she wrote all of our birthdays. I have two older brothers. So it's like our birthdays are like, wait, how we were born. And I didn't know this till I received <laughs> this document. But on top, there was this other birth that I had no idea about. She had a miscarriage. Oh, wow. So and so I had cool. no idea. I was just surprised. I was like, mm-hmm. ah. You know, and it's, then I was like, well, I wish she would have told me, but then I'm like, well, does it change anything? You know, if she wasn't ready to tell me, if she didn't want to, I don't know what her reason was. I was just surprised that I didn't know, Mm -hmm. but I like don't hold it against her. And it was just a, a funny way to find out. Right. Do you have an idea that you will share that with them or, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just when they're older or when when they're a little bit older, when they can, you know, kind of understand just a little bit better, you know, they understand about heaven and Mm. angels and all of that and Jesus and God. But, you know, I just want them to, um, I don't know, just grasp it a little better. Um, maybe around, I don't know, you know, you can't really plan those. I'm going to tell them that this yeah. age but I plan to tell them you know at least before they're 13 or something you know when they're how old are they what what are the ages uh five four and two okay though they're yeah. still really they're still really little yeah they're still so young mm-hmm. sweet girls are you are they all getting along are they I oh my three gosh. girls is oh my a hoot goodness. yeah <laughs> it's so funny they're like frenemies well, the first thing <laughs> okay. you know, they'll be best friends for five minutes and then they'll scream and yell and kick and sisters. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any sisters? I don't. And I don't I either. I just want oh, it's what I've heard uh, mm-hmm. is that they fight like sisters. Yes. But I also always wanted some because I saw the sisters who like borrow each other's clothes mm-hmm. and like you always have that best friend. And I'm like, Let man, I don't have you, that. They don't like they don't like sharing their clothes. They all. don't. No, that's mine. Take that off. <laughs> Do they get jealous of each other? Of course, yes. So yeah. Then, um, second baby. She's a. Um, she's now saying it's not fair that she gets this or it's not fair that she gets that and wow is there like a certain stage i've heard there's like the terrible twos and -hmm. i've heard that it's not fair coming quite a bit i just don't know if it's like a stage that kids hit when they start to think of what's fair what's not fair 
Yeah. Or is it like a stage that like your girls are hitting at certain times? Or is it just with one girl that has realized that? I think that started around four and a half. But, um, you know, there are different schools. So they have different activities. And, you know, one gets to have parties because of COVID and one doesn't. And it's not fair that she gets to bring cupcakes and cookies and stuff. And I don't, you know. And so I was like, well, you guys are different ages. You're doing different things. But to them, they kind of they want to be the same, but not at all because they want to be a little more special. Everybody yeah. wants to be a little exactly. more special. Exactly. Um, so they're going to school. I've heard, I've talked to some moms, especially those who have like a larger family and they sometimes lean a little more towards homeschooling because it becomes a little bit easier. Although I would think with like a whole group of people, it might be hard, but mm-hmm. what was your choice? They're going to school. So during COVID, I decided to keep them home because our youngest was only like three months when COVID started. Mm. And, you know, we were just unsure about everything and how she would handle something like that. So we just kept them home. And prior to that, I was like, well, maybe I should try homeschooling. I think I could do it. And, you know, it it happened. And I'm like, never again. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is why this happened to show me yes. that that is not what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. And, you know, my best friend says that, you know, it's um, always more difficult teaching your own children. Mm. So... Yeah, maybe it just wasn't for me. Interesting. So I read this thing, and I don't know how true it is, mm-hmm. but it said that the the parent that spends, like, more time with the kids, mm-hmm. so it's more loved and is more of the comfort, usually the default parent or the mom in most situations, mm-hmm. but they are the parent that gets more abused because the kids kind of know, like, hey, I can kind of do whatever. You're going to love me no matter what, and, like, they can bite and scratch you, but they just love you so much. Like they wouldn't mm-hmm. do it to a person they don't know. And yes. usually they don't do it to the dad. But exactly. the, the, the default parent, someone who spends most time with them and is more attentive than others, um, so they're technically the more abused one, for lack of a better yes. word. Not that your kids are like abusing no. you, but. That's a great word. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I feel abused by this tiny thing because <laughs> she like bites and scratches me. And I'm like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. I'm your only milk provider right now. Like, you can't be mean to me. <laughs> but it's interesting that that happens because when you think of it the, the other way, you're like, oh, person who loves you the most you should be loving back but that's not actually the case when you break it down because they feel more comfortable with you they can do more things say more things test more things and no matter what because there's this unconditional love right you're going to be there and so i can see how the schooling thing comes in as well because if you're teaching your own kids they're like no mom i want to break or i need to do this what about this they have all of these kind of excuses Mm -hmm. versus to somebody who's a stranger but still like an authority figure like a teacher yeah that's a great connection yeah. You know, they, they wouldn't want to be testing it or they don't know what it is they can get away with, maybe. Exactly. So that's tricky, a tricky, tricky, tricky. Yeah. Okay. So when you started schooling, they were like, no, mom, we're not doing this. Or you they know, were just it, kind of like, I guess it just was, you know, I just have that. Um, my daughter, my first, the oldest daughter, well, no, they're all pretty dramatic. they're all pretty dramatic but you know um i guess they can get a little uh, get away with a little bit more with me because i'm more the lenient the lenient parent yeah um so you know there is that resistance i don't know Mm -hmm. what it was but it it just was terrible it was i feel like i'm just being exhausting (laughs) 
Yeah. Because yeah. not only are you mom all day, but now mm-hmm. on top of it, you're a teacher. Yes. And then when mm-hmm. it's done, you don't get to take a break. They're like, no, yeah. Bob, where's lunch and dinner? Exactly. And they can't go home and complain about their teacher because you're right there. And so they're just like, yes. ah, she made us do this homework. And so it can create a little bit more tension of things, you know, if you're giving them more responsibility. Yeah. So I can see how that could be a little bit more. But there are moms who have like, um, I know my husband's co-worker's um, wife has eight kids and she was all for homeschooling. And she yeah. even thought about doing it this year. Um but I don't think it panned out. But, you know, there are moms You can that send are- your girls to her because she's yes. already taken a classroom. Yes. And they'll be nice to her. They won't be as nice to you. But just everyone needs to take their kids and send it, like, one house over. Like, just take yes. your group one house over and let that mom take care of them. For, like, three hours a day, everyone switch. And then you're like, when? just come when? back. I'll make you sandwiches. It's fine. <laughs> hmm. Is that mom swap? Yeah. There's a show called Wife Swap, Swap where they like, yes. cha- yeah, they change the wives and mm-hmm. it really lets you in on how different people do things. Exactly. Yeah. Which would be good for kids to see because usually right. it grows into this appreciation of like, oh my gosh, mom, I didn't know that this other mom was crazy. I love you, mom, so much. Please forever be my mom. So maybe you need to send them over. Send them to the neighbors for a day. <laughs> Just send him over to that mom with the eight kids who, like, I would imagine they all have to actually really do share so many right. things. And it's yeah. I, probably a lot of, like, hand-me-downs. And so mm-hmm. I feel like your girls would be like, no, mom, everything is fair. Everything is fair, mom. We, yeah. we don't mean it. Yeah. But I think that, you know, there is, because, I, you know, I was with my oldest daughter, um, you know, from birth till sending her to school at five. And you know, I, I do notice that she doesn't know how to verbalize it, but I can tell that I'm deeply missed, even though she calls me her teacher's name, you know, from the time she gets home and the time she goes to sleep. But, um, you know, she's more into, you know, mommy, I want to cuddle. Mommy, will you play with mm. me? Uh, mommy, please don't go without me to the store. I want to go with you. So it's crazy how their little minds work, you know, um, and they do appreciate it, even though we feel so used and abused. <laughs> I threw that abused word in there, and it fits, but it feels so wrong. But it fits. <laughs> well, I'm glad they're being so nice to you, it. But you can see, like, your heart change, you know, talking about the loss versus what you've gained, you know, yeah. through your path, certain things that you couldn't foresee. or And you can't predict them you can't plan for them Mm -mm. um and perhaps god put those situations into your hands because you are so strong you can handle it and help others because others will face those situations and they have nobody to lean on Mm -hmm. they don't have anybody to ask a question or maybe a mom who's listening to this can say like oh wow i went through the same thing but i never heard anyone else open about it like sometimes it's just nice out it's unfortunate like to hear that someone else has also gone through something exactly. just feels like you're not alone just right. for a little bit you're like okay especially with you because you can do it and then you have such a beautiful turnaround beautiful story I hope it can oh, encourage you. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. I mean thank you 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 did it you're raising oh, three younger girls you. and I just like I, but I know that you're gonna raise them to be 
such graceful, grateful young ladies, you know, Mm -hmm. like they're going to be moms and they're going to be wives and you are responsible in shaping their attitude and who they are going to become. And when they have their babies, they're going to come to you and say, mom, what the heck am I doing with this potato? And you're going to be like, hold on, (laughs) let me show you. Like, this is what you do. Don't worry. And, and you're going to be right there with them by their side, no matter what. Yeah. And so whatever God has put in front of you for you to learn, not only for you to carry, but for you to pass down to your kids and God, you know, hopefully nothing. I hope they have most amazing best pregnancies and best births mm-hmm. and all the best to them because they deserve it. Yeah. But you're there to help them through if they're not feeling well, even in through their pregnancy, they're just having like a food aversion. You'd be like, Hey, you mm-hmm. know what? Let's sit together and we're just going to watch a movie all day and we're just going to be right. sick together and like, don't worry about, it. you know, like you're going to have this and you do already have, but they're just going to, they are growing up in such a warm, loving environment. And what's cool is knowing that like, Hey, like when my daughter grows up, there's three other girls out there yeah. that are going to be rocking it. And whether mm-hmm. they know each other or not, like they're going to be making this community, this world, a better place just by being there and being brought up in such a loving, grateful home. So true. So true. You're doing that. It's all to Thank you. You're, you. Do- you're doing oh, this. Yeah. But I couldn't do without, um, you know, without God, because, you know, even though I have went through all of these um, difficulties, you know, that's what he said, you know, this is going to be an awesome life, but it's not going to be easy. You know, there's going to be ups and downs, but I'll be with you through it all. And that's what he's, what he's done. And, you know, at, at every stage of my, of motherhood, I remember at least one person who helped me through each stage. So, you know, through the mm-hmm. pregnancies, I had one good friend. Um, and then when I was, you know, a mom with two young babies and I needed social socialization with other stay at home moms, you know, there was one mom and now that mom introduced me to another mom that's helping me through this phase. And then, mm. you know, I've known my best friends for a good amount of like, 10 years and now she's helping me through like the school stage and, and now I'm able to help my, my other best friend who's um, having her first baby. So wow. it's just like a big community, you know, that village, you know, that everybody talks about that. I'm just so grateful, you yeah. know. It's interesting because in the current age, you know, we've pulled so far away from what motherhood and birthing used to be, you know. Mm-hmm. You had your village, small town, your aunts and grandmas are there and all the ladies within the community they all kind of gather they help you through it they're there to talk you through they're there to help take care of the baby when you to and it's such a big community participation everybody gets a participation award because everyone shows up and does it Mm -hmm. but that's not where we're at anymore you know people move away and we rely heavily on technology which can only serve you so far because when you need to shower your computer is not going to hold the baby for those 10 minutes no that's true but it's so important to have that tribe, that community, mm-hmm. whether it's one person, because sometimes that's all you need, yeah. or multiple people. And sometimes, like you said, you meet them in different points of your life. Mm-hmm. But somebody who can help you, whether it's physical help or mm-hmm. just being there, just being there yeah. and listening or offering advice or not offering advice. Sometimes it's right. just so being nice there. not to have any advice. Yeah. Like Exactly. <laughs> but it's so like... 
there's this need for it, you know, mm-hmm. to, for this togetherness and this community. And I feel I was very alone through my pregnancy. And then yes. postpartum, also very alone. You kind of, friends start dropping and you're just yes. so busy with the baby that you can't mm-hmm. tag him in things and reply right away or go and meet them. And so it it's understandable that relationship fade. It's not anything bad. It's just part of growing up. Right. But it just becomes into this really lonesome self. And then I was talking to somebody previously, but I was like, I have this mom anxiety. Like I want to go meet other moms and like socialize in the mommy groups, but I have anxiety about it. I like, cause I haven't been social with mom. So I don't even know what the heck I'm going to do or like mm-hmm. how it's all going to go yet. I want to be out there, but I'm like, why am I scared to go and talk to other moms? Cause it's scary. It's sh- it's <laughs> but it is scary. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> You. I wish it wasn't. Yeah. yeah Especially because- like we talked about previously, you know, like everyone has their own way. And so it's yeah. like, if you say something wrong and then they don't do it that way, you're just like, I'm sorry I said that. I still think yeah. you're a good mom. That's not what I meant. But it's just the realization that you can mom your own way, you know, and they can mom their own way and just giving them that space and um, that support to do what they believe it they can do um and then you know the loneliness is real and there was many a times where i felt super alone but um like i said god somehow provided me with someone when i needed it the most not you know what i thought i needed but what i needed Um, so interesting how that falls and it's incredible to be able to like recognize it when it happens because mm-hmm. often I want to be like a toddler and be like no that's not what I wanted that's not what I wanted <laughs> and God's mm-hmm. like I don't care what you wanted this is what you need I am your parent yeah. and I will provide and it's just silly when you're like oh so-and-so came into my life at this perfect time you know yeah. and when you look back at it and you're like I needed that that was my yeah. crutch to make it through I was it, it was falling over I almost didn't make it to this destination Mm-hmm. But this person helped me through. And there's been multiple yeah. people that I should probably reach out to and say, like, hey, actually, if it wasn't for you, I don't know where, where I don't know where it might be. I would have stopped yeah. on some, like, bench somewhere and just plopped away something because yeah. I couldn't make it anymore. And it's when you least expect it. Because I remember um, <clears throat> there was one day where I'm like, I told my husband, we need to get out this house. I really want to go to the park. Let's take the girls to the park. And then when we got there, there was a neighbor there. Her daughter had on the exact same dress that my daughter had on. And that's how, you know, our daughters like, you know, collided and, you know, their family was coming over to my family. And that's how, you know, now it's a chain reaction. Now we were able to meet other moms in the school that we go to now and, you know, meet more neighbors in the neighborhood. So that wanting or that urge to go to the park led to a major train chain reaction that you know really um propelled us in parenthood it's so silly because it is like you said when you least expect it so it Mm -hmm. could be that trip to the grocery store or i always think of it like if i'm late or someone's late i'm like it's for a reason they're gonna miss that crash or they're gonna avoid that traffic or they're gonna you know Mm -hmm get locked out, but then somebody comes and now you meet this this person that's going to help you along. It's this such For an sure. intricate puzzle that all mm-hmm. m- fits together, 
but you don't see it. I mean, God can see it. He's looking from above and he's like, this is a really cool puzzle that I just put together with 7 billion pieces. But from our point of view, you know, it's just so vast. And we're like, well, how does this fit in? Or how does this fit in? And again, if you're planning or doing stuff, you're just like, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I needed to do. And God's Mm -hmm. like, I will show you what you need <laughs> yeah, just trust at the right time. Me. I got yeah. this. Just trust me, you know. It's difficult. To, it's that, like, trust fall to know that, like, hey, when I let go and I fall, I will be caught. But, like, that yeah. that jerky feeling, if you're, like, on top of a roller coaster when you're about yeah. to drop, it's just like, but what if? But, like, what if nobody <laughs> catches me? And, like, your breath leaves your chest and you're just like, I don't, I don't know. I can't breathe. I feel like I'm – I don't know if I'll make it out. And then mm-hmm. – surrendering into it and trusting that that trust to be like god will uplift me and help me through and carry me through whatever i need to go through but it can be i mean and i believe in god and i pray and i but there are many times that sometimes i'm like what the heck why the heck is this going on yeah and And only he knows and then eventually we see it and then that just builds our faith even more. Yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. your story is just such a <clears throat> such a story of faith. Oh, thank you. To be tested multiple times and then to receive this beautiful family. Yeah. And the people that it's brought into your life as well. Like that's your community. That's your family as well. Maybe not a blood family, but that's your family. Yeah. And you're mm-hmm. helping other people. Oh my goodness, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's true, and I hope you know yeah. that because it's, like we said, it gets so lonely. Oh, it sure does, yeah, for sure. And just to know that, like, hey, I'm not alone, mm-hmm. that already helps. And so yeah. others have provided that for you, but you're providing that for others. And you're going to oh, help with your girls you. and these other ladies. Like, who the heck knows who you're going to meet tomorrow? Exactly. Or next week. Yeah. Like God's going to put all these other people into your life or, you know, maybe take them out. Maybe you're not agreeing with somebody and you're like, you know what? They are just taking all of my time and energy mm-hmm. and then they'll move away and then you'll have free space for somebody else. Like, right. People just kind of come in and exit at that right time, whether we accept it or not. Exactly. And he, you just have such a good outlook on it because you've been tested. And I'm so thankful that I've met you. But oh, thank you. You're just, you're really incredible. And so I'm, are you for starting this. I mean, you're going to make an imprint and help. So I don't know what I'm doing. There. <laughs> it's okay. I, I want to talk to moms. I, I want to talk to moms. I just want to know the stories. I want to know what everyone's doing. Like, yeah. I, we're raising kids who are going to do stuff. Yeah. It's so, and we're not alone. There's mm-hmm. tons of us. Yes. And it's so crazy to me that, like, once I stepped into motherhood that I was like, something's not adding up. There's just, I want more moms talking. I want everyone sharing mm-hmm. stories. I want us all helping one another. I want it to feel exactly. like we're back in that village, like, just helping one another. Because I, I feel like if we have more community, we can do more things and yes, educate more, provide more advice. Whether you want to take it or advice or not, like, you don't have to take it. It's just knowing that it's out there. Right. In the spirit of being helpful, like for sure, that's what es- I want. Especially in um, just being a Sam, all in itself is just really hard. You know, our world has changed so much 
with the dynamic of home and now it's frowned upon now if you know you stay yeah. home with your children so yeah know, I've had a lot lazy of- and all this and all that but I've Again, heard multiple, just... <laughs> sorry to interrupt. Um, it's okay. okay. I've heard multiple sides of stay at home mom where it's either, oh, you're lazy. You just hang out with your kid while they just watch TV. So you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And then the other aspect of, oh, you're oppressed because you're staying home and you can't work. <laughs> and they're just both such extremes. Yes. Because yeah. most stay at home moms, like, I just see it like, you choose to be with your kids because you are choosing to be their guardian and you want to spend that time with them. And there's nothing lazy about it because you're constantly working and you don't have time off or a break or a lunch or like for somebody, you know, you can't just clock out at six mm-hmm. and they'd yeah. be like, sorry, can't pick up the phone, can't answer. It's like, no, you're you're constantly working. There is no break. And, you know, it's it's not in any way oppressive. You're supporting your husband for them to go and follow their dreams, for them to support you know be the man of the house while you Mm -hmm. help take care and nurture the kids like it's such a beautiful dynamic that has been like spit on I feel like by society and culture and they're just like well all moms go to work and all girls go to work and like go to school and go to this and that's where I was I was in LA and I was like I went to college and I'm gonna be an independent lady you know I don't need no nothing and that was kind of like hammered into my head is that I didn't need a family I don't need no man I don't need no family I don't need anything and I was like oh okay well that seems reasonable I'm going along with this and you kind of nod 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 and then certain things in your life happen you you're like whoa I was in a fog what the heck how did I even believe this you know and I I want to tell ladies and girls that like being stay-at-home being a mom it's such Mm -hmm. an honor like it is it's 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 not a bad thing for some no. reason it somehow is like displayed that way and it isn't like it's such a mm-hmm. wonderful thing you get this bond with these tiny humans and like yeah. you get to help them grow and I want I want like I want to see moms on red carpet you know I want moms getting awards <laughs> and like I want moms to be recognized like hey she's a cool mom instead yeah. of like oh this lady has millions and millions of views for doing like a naked music video and you're just like man that sucks that that's the role model. Yeah. And for years I had, um, you know, just that guilt, you know, I do, I did spend all that time getting my degrees and I should be out there working, but you know, I stayed at home because it was out of necessity. Why go to work and pay someone to watch my children when I could do that for myself. Um, so we know it was always that battle, but you know, that's guilt that I have with um, the first two, just not enjoying more of being in the moment and enjoying what I have. In the back of my mind, there was always that struggle. Oh, I need to be at work. Oh, I need to do this. You know, they, they're they not where they should be. They should be in a, um, like in a Montessori school or, you know, that, sure. et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it's that constant battle that we have in our, our minds as moms of, you know, I should be working or I should be staying home or, you know, am I doing this right or, or should I be feeding them jar food, you know, yeah, just breast breastfed or formula fed, you know, just that constant <clears throat> battle. But yeah, but it's just like a whole 
you know, there's a new generation coming. And I do see a lot of moms, especially with COVID, um, staying home, realizing I'd rather be with my kids than out there. Plus, they can't save a lot of money. You know, I hear some stories yeah. where some mom's like, oh, I have to work, you know, so many hours a week. So to pay for a date child care. And she's like, and I don't mm-hmm. spend time with my kids. And I'm like. But you don't have to. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Don't pay the child care. Pay yourself. Right. So that you, they eliminate each other. You know, exactly. like. You take care of that payment. You, your, your husband doesn't have to worry about that payment. You're relieving right. him of any daycare payment at all, which they can be so expensive by yes. providing that service. And mm-hmm. you get to stay home and hang out with your kids. Like. Yeah. It's there. It's just. Again, there is a new generation, and I just want to give them all the information so they can make the best choice that will benefit their own family. Because it is going to be different for everybody. And like a single mom, of course, has to go to work because she's got to provide for her kids. Right. Um, And so for every family, it is going to be different. I just, I don't want that negative idea that like being a stay-at-home mom is a bad thing or oppressed Mm -hmm. or lazy when it, that's not the truth. I want people to know the full truth of every aspect of things. And then like, hey, you go make your own choice what you think is going to work best for you and yeah. I will support it. Because now you have all the information to make the best decision. Mm-hmm. But if you I see something, my, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I told my grandma, yeah. um, you know, once the kids are in school, I'm going to do this and do that and do this and do that. And she says, look, sweetheart, the greatest investment that you could ever invest in are your children. And from that point, I was like mind blown. And then my my mind just slowly started to change about this whole work home balance. And then I realized, you know, with them being school, I don't have I don't want to have to ask permission to um, to take off to take care of my sick kid. You know, I enjoy taking the school and making sure they have everything they need. I just want to be a professional mom, like I told my husband, you know. <laughs> so I'm, I'm finally starting to just um, release all of the, the statistics and all of the um, negativity surrounding staying home and just enjoying it. And it's something I wish I had done a lot sooner, you know, a long time ago. But I get like, it's cool because now you have this other, like, almost like an epiphany. You have this other outlook on it that you can yeah. see both sides and explain both of those sides. Mm-hmm. Similarly, at first I was like, oh, I, you know, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. Am I, do, yeah. am I making the right choice? And I think that's just going to continue on. But I, I love what your grandma said. Like, it's, and I, sometimes I get caught up in it where I'm like, oh, you know, like, the dishes didn't get done or the laundry didn't get done and I didn't do anything so I didn't accomplish enough and I wasn't productive and it's like well I can't be mad at myself because today you kept a I human put- alive yes that's it and it's so silly because like when you see it that way you're like wait of course that's most important what am I talking yeah. about like what am I talking about but we get caught up in these like small things of like our to own to-do list that we didn't get to and so exactly it's our own like you know, ropes that we put on ourselves that kind of hold us back of like fully diving into it and being present in the moment because we're like, well, maybe, you know, we're still second guessing, like, is this right? 
maybe I should be doing this and kind of like going in, coming out, going in, coming out. It's like, well, you either jump in this pool and like let's have fun in it or you're going to keep going in and out and just getting cold. Exactly. But it's hard to see because you're like, well, is it right? Is it not? I don't know. Mm, Maybe. You can mom your own way, you know. (laughs) You determine what's right. You know, you know what's best for your child, so. I love that. Um, I do have to end it and go feed my baby. But before I go, I wanted to ask you if, I mean, you have so much advice. What would be the one piece of advice you'd want to pass on to moms who are listening? Slow down and it doesn't matter if the dishes are washed or the house is clean. What matters is that, um, you know, your baby is healthy and happy and also to rest. We have to rest, 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 rest. And if you feel like it's getting too hard and you need someone to talk to, you know, find a good therapist um, because sometimes it's going to be harder for, um, it's just going to be too hard for our normal friends. You know, sometimes we need something that's someone who's going to help, you know, for unresolved issues and grief and, you know, whatever else we might have up there that we need advice from. So just slow down and rest. We need rest to take care of our babies. It's so hard to forget because you're just going, going, going. You're taking care mm-hmm. of someone else and you put yourself on the back burner. And then you're like, well, why am I tired? And you're like, you haven't stopped. You yeah. haven't stopped. You haven't rested at all. Like, Yeah. Learn but to listen to, to your bodies. Yeah. yeah. Silly. Well, thank you so much for joining you're me and welcome. sharing your beautiful story. I mean. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I, I can't say it enough how like blown away I am by your story. And I'm. Oh, I appreciate that. You go hug your three little girls. Well, I will. Oh, they're now. It's my <laughs> oh, time. Okay. It's my time. There to you go. Well, then you rest. You go read a good book. You go watch some show you don't care about. Sprawl out on the couch. Take a good bath. Do whatever you want to do. Thank you. You'll hug them in the morning. Will do. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining me, Alicia. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everybody. And I'll see you next time.